Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be breaking down the Houston Open. I believe it is the Cadence Bank Houston Open now. It is this week's PGA Tour stop. We're going to be breaking it down for DFS purposes as well as providing our picks for the outright winner and our one and done. Um, if you are interested in other sports content, we have got college football, college basketball, and NFL content coming your way this week. Make sure to stay tuned to the podcast feed so you get every episode. And if you are interested in our DFS lineups, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I am absolutely open to answering any lineup or start sit questions as well as providing stats and facts for all sports going on this week. All right, so without further ado, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and let's start talking about Memorial Park Golf Course. Memorial Park Golf Course has been the home of the Houston Open for its last three iterations in 2018, 2020, and 2021. Now, Memorial Park is a par 70, five par threes and three par fives, and it measures out at 7,400 yards, and it was designed by Tom Doak. Now, you heard those two stats correct. Par 70, 7,400 yards. That means that it is going to be pretty difficult. Scores here do not get super duper low. Um, they're generally in like the 8 to 12 range for the winning score at the end of the week. Um, there are also four 500-yard par fours. I make sure I said that correctly. There are four 500-yard par fours on this golf course. Those are long par fours where you need to make sure that you are in the fairway so that you can have a clean second shot to hit a long iron into the green. This course generally plays firm and fast, uh, and it has not rained a whole lot in Texas this year, which inclines me to believe that it is going to be firmer and faster than normal. So when we're looking at comparisons and the type of profiles that we want, I would compare this golf course most closely to Torrey Pines and most closely to Bay Hill, home of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. These are two courses that are reasonably difficult. They're not like super duper ultra tough difficult like, um, like say, a Southern Hills, home of the PGA Championship last year. But these two courses are pretty difficult, and there's not a whole lot of hazards off the tee. Like, you don't have to worry worry too much about water or bunkers even for that matter, but you do not want to hit it into the rough because the rough is going to greatly increase the difficulty of your second shot. Now, another reason why I like the comparison to Torrey Pines is that the Memorial Park features a lot of short game areas, meaning they got rid of bunkers around the greens, but there's kind of like fairway type hollows and like just places underneath of greens where you're going to have to chip up onto greens from these shaved short grass areas. And so when we look at type of golfers that we want, we want golfers who have good short games. We want to be balanced all around this week also because not only do you want the short game, but you got to have the distance off the tee that this place does not overpower you and you're putting yourself in position to hit shorter clubs into greens. Now, like I said, though, so it's not just pure bombers. It's not just pure short game experts. We want to have a mixture of the two because you have to have that all-around game to succeed here at the Houston Open. And when you look at you know the track record of guys that have done well here, that kind of tracks. Most of the guys that do well here tend to play well in major championships, which tracks for you know the whole all-around profile. You want to be good at every aspect of your game if you want to compete in a major championship. So, to recap, course comparisons, Torrey Pines in Bay Hill, home of the Farmers Insurance Opens and the Arnold Palmer Invitational, golfer profile all around, slightly leaning towards short game and putting. All right, so 
let's go ahead and talk about the top of the board, and then we'll go from there in terms of building the rest of our lineups. Looking at the top of the board on FanDuel and DraftKings, to me, this is the week where it is a perfect opportunity to start your lineups with the very tip top of the board. And what I mean by that is just look at the two names that are on the top, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. And then I think you can even include Tony Finau in this conversation also. But Scotty Scheffler finished runner up here last year. He is from the state of Texas. He has played well at major championships. He has won at Bay Hill, which was one of our comp courses. And even better, you got to like the recent form because he comes in with a T3 at Mayakoba, largely because of a 62 that he put up on Sunday. Now, if you did not know this about Scotty Scheffler, he actually switched putters before the CJ Cup and did not play too well at the CJ Cup. But watching him at Mayakoba, he was back to his old school blade style putter and he ended up cashing in for a T3. So um, to me, he just has everything you would want this week. Good recent form. Good track record at this course, good track record at comp courses, and quite frankly, he's the most talented golfer in the field. I don't know what there isn't to like about Scotty Scheffler except maybe his price tag, but I'm willing to pay that price tag for a guy who has this level skills. Second on the board is Sam Burns. Now, what's interesting is Scheffler and Burns are kind of an interesting pair where they tend to play well at similar courses. Um, so I think, you know, if you think Scotty's a good pick, it's natural to think Sam Burns is a good pick as well. He has good performances at all of our comp courses. He just hasn't broken through for a win like Scotty has. And you look for, you know, a guy who's all rounded in his golf game. Well, that is Sam Burns. He is well-rounded. He's good at pretty much every aspect of golf. And I totally get, if you do not want to go play Scheffler because he's going to be very highly owned and he's going to be, um, very expensive. If you don't want to play Scheffler, I absolutely get just, you know, going right down to Sam Burns and making him the guy you start your lineup with. Third on the board is Tony Finau. And like I said, I would kind of include him up there with those two guys. I don't think I'm starting my lineup anywhere below these three for sure. So Tony Finau got a little unlucky at Mayakoba. If you were watching the broadcast, he was actually like safely within the cut line at minus five on Friday. But then there was like some issue where the TV networks and the apps like had the wrong score for him. And he was actually minus three and missed the cut on the number. And he also had to take four penalty drops at Mayakoba, which is a wild stat over two days. I don't think that's going to be an issue at Memorial Park. Like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of danger lurking on off the tee at Memorial Park. So you're not going to be looking at taking penalty strokes. And you look at a guy who is becoming more and more well-rounded, and that's starting to be Tony Finau. Earlier in his career, he had the distance and he had the long iron game. He just wasn't great around and on the greens, and he has started to turn that around lately in his career. So I absolutely like Tony Finau this week. He has a great track record at our comp course, Torrey Pines. And I absolutely think, like I said, same thing about Sam Burns. If you don't want to start your lineup with Scheffler, Start it with Finau. I know he just missed a cut. That's going to lead him to be unpopular, but that is a fluky missed cut that he is going to be able to correct, and he's going to be able to get it right this week. Fourth on the board is Hideki Matsuyama, and I got to be honest. If I were to just look at his game log and look at his stat profile in terms of strokes gained, and his name wasn't Hideki Matsuyama, I wouldn't be very interested in playing him at all. Um, he's not playing his best golf right now. He hasn't been for about a full calendar year, and 
I just don't get why he's priced up here with these other guys. They're clearly playing better golf than he is right now, and I think he's a stay away for me until he can start to turn it around. Russell Henley is a guy who just absolutely tore up Mayakoba last week and won by, I believe it was six shots, which is insane on the PGA Tour. And I don't know, I just, there's guys that you want to chase wins with, like Last summer, I was highly proponent of chasing the win with Tony Finau after he won at the Rocket or after he won at the 3M Open, and then he won at the Rocket Mortgage. I don't think Russell Henley is one of those guys to chase a win on because, generally speaking, he wins at courses that are really suited to his game, where accuracy is a top priority. And I don't know. I just don't think the course fits his profile. I don't think he's a guy who's going to win like a super duper amount on the PGA Tour. And so I'm kind of just avoiding him this week. He's not like. Like, I think he broke through for his win. That's great. I'm happy for him. But um, just not a guy I'm going to chase the win on. All right, so that covers it with the top of the board. And so now let's talk about 12 different value plays that you can be putting in your lineup in order to help save some salary so that you can fit those guys in it. First golfer that we're going to talk about, and I barely squeezed him into this segment, is Aaron Wise. I think he you know, is kind of right on the border between being considered a top-of-the-board player. You know, he's just under $10,000 on DraftKings, and I get it. He has two straight top 15 finishes. In fact, he has four top 15 finishes in his last five starts dating back to last season. And at this course, he has a 26th place finish and an 11th place finish. We know that he has the accuracy in the short game to contend. We know he has the course history, and we know he has the recent form. All systems go on Aaron Wise this week. So Denny McCarthy fits the profile of what we are looking for earlier. So he doesn't gain a whole lot of strokes off the tee, but he's not wild with the driver either. So he's never going to lose a whole lot of strokes off the tee, but he isn't the longest. But what he does make up for, though, in that lack of distance is his short game. He is a very good around the green player, and he is probably the best putter on planet Earth. And so what we're looking at this week with a difficult golf course is if you're a good putter, then you're going to save par. You're going to be able to make those eight footers, those 10 footers that are so crucial to not drop a stroke as opposed to other tournaments where you're having a sink 15 and 20 footers for birdie. Now the priority is saving par and great putters tend to flash on those type of weeks. If you need more evidence that that is going to work at this golf course, Denny McCarthy has two top 11 finishes here. In terms of his recent form, he's coming off of a sixth at Bermuda, so I definitely think that Denny McCarthy is a really solid play this week. Joel Damon is a guy that we highlighted at Mayakoba, and, you know, he kind of came through for us. He finished third there last week, and he also has a fifth-place finish at this tournament last year. Joel Damon is a guy that tends to be, um, you know, a course guy. You play him at certain courses, don't play him at other courses, and I think this is one of the courses that I can definitely get behind playing Joel Damon at. Going a little bit of ways down the board, Harris English, honestly, had a dreadful 2022 after winning in 2021 at the Travelers, having a great string of finishes. 2022 for Harris English was not good, but he's starting to turn it around. He has three straight top 40 finishes, which is a trending upward sign. If you play him at this price tag right now and he finishes top 40, you're not going to be super duper disappointed. And he has a fourth place finish at this exact golf course. So, you know, a lot of stuff to like on Harris English this week. Because of how bad his last season was, I don't think he's going to come in at very highly owned. So I think he is definitely an option this week. 
A little bit further down the board is Mackenzie Hughes, who is the absolute short game king. He's probably one of the best short game players on the PGA Tour right now, which is something that, you know, bodes very well for this event. He's won recently as well. He won at the Sanderson Farms Championship. And at this course, he has two finishes that are pretty solid. He has a 29th and a 7th. So a lot to like about Mackenzie Hughes this week. Um, I don't know where his ownership's going to come in at because everybody and their brother's going to see that big one next to the Sanderson farm, so he's not going to sneak up on anybody. But I genuinely do not know what his ownership will come in at. But Mackenzie Hughes definitely fits the profile of a guy we want in our lineups. Alex Smalley is another interesting one. Alex Smalley, in terms of recent form, has an 11th place finish at Bermuda. We talked two weeks ago on the Bermuda podcast about how accurate Smalley is and how that plays into his hands to have that level of accuracy. Well, here at Memorial Park, that accuracy is going to be needed to hit greens, not hit fairways. And I think he can absolutely do that for us. He is a 15th here last year. And when you look at just performance on difficult golf courses, he rates out as one of the top five in this field. Interestingly enough, number one was Jason Day, who I, I do not have him in this segment for a full breakdown, but that's a very interesting stat that Jason Day finished number one. Anyway, here to talk about Alex Smalley. So I definitely like his track record at this course with the 15th. I like that he's good at difficult courses. I like that he's one of the more accurate golfers in this field. Sepp Straka is Mr. Boom or Bust. You never know what you are going to get when you play Sepp Straka. However, this course, he has a fifth place finish and a fourth place finish. The bad news, he also has a missed cut here. So like I said, you do not know what you are going to get with Sepp Straka. But we know that he can play well at difficult golf courses. He lost in a playoff at the FedEx St. Jude to Will Zalatoris earlier in the summer, which is not exactly an easy golf course. And he also won the Honda Classic last year, which is another difficult golf course. So I like his track record. I definitely think it's good to play him in DFS formats. I think it's actually a pretty solid strategy to bet him as an outright winner because if he plays well, he's, he's going to have a chance to win. He's not one of these guys who's going to string together seven straight top 20s. He's going to go seventh, fifth, missed cut, missed cut, fourth. So I definitely think that Seb Strzok is a guy that you can go to. Just understand what you're getting in him. You're getting a guy who is boom or bust. Hope for the boom. Luke List is an interesting one because he has a victory at Torrey Pines, which was one of our comp courses, and he also boasts an 11th place finish here. Um, I think that he's a guy that's going to fly under people's radar. He's one of the longer golfers on the PGA Tour, and like I said, it doesn't really burn you to miss the fairway here because there's not hazards. It's just rough. That's kind of how it is at Torrey Pines where he won. So obviously you want to play from the fairway, but if you're a guy like Luke List where you can just muscle it out of that rough, I mean, there's definitely worse options at the price tag than Luke List is what I'm saying. I'm not a proponent of just playing a guy who's an absolute bomber like List is, but he has the win at the comp course, and so he's definitely shown the ability to have winning upside and to do it at a course where, you know, missing the fairway is not going to give you penalty strokes. It's just going to give you deep rough. Next up is Brandon Wu. So Brandon Wu came up onto the PGA Tour last season and was very hit or miss, but right now he has three straight finishes of T32 or better. That's pretty solid. If he does T32 at this price tag, you're going to be a very happy camper. He also has a 19th place finish here two years ago, and he seems to play well at long courses. His best finish on the PGA Tour was at Vedanta, the Mexico Open, which was very long. Tournament won by John Rahm last year. And so, you know, if he plays well at long courses, this is a long course. So um, I definitely think he's worth a shot at his price tag. 
Now we're digging into the deep bargain bin here. These are guys that are under $7,000 on DraftKings. The first one is David Lingmurth, and he has an eighth and 11th in his last two starts. So the question becomes, how long can we ride this hot streak? Well, the good news with Lingmurth is he is a guy who earlier in his career won at the Memorial Tournament, which is a very difficult golf course. And he's also contended in some major championships. The 2015 PGA Championship, which was won by Jason Day, he was there all the way through the weekend. Like he was a relevant factor on Saturday and Sunday in that golf tournament. So he's got a track record of being able to, you know, show a little bit of flash and he's showing it in the last two weeks. So why not go back to him, especially at the price tag he's at right now? I see nothing wrong with playing David Lingmert this week if you want to save some salary. Next up is Robert Streb, who most recent win on the PGA Tour was at the RSM Classic, which is next week. Um, so some guys tend to be calendar golfers. You know, they play well at certain times a year. Maybe Robert Streb is a fall golfer because he has a T7 last year and a T28 two seasons ago. So, you know, maybe he has a little bit of that November vibes where he just plays well in November. I definitely like the course history. I also like that he's a guy who is known for his short game. So that short game is definitely going to allow you to contend here this week if you are able to get up and down for par on the regular. Next up is Kramer Hickok. So Kramer Hickok, full disclosure, has been utterly terrible recently. If you're a recent form type of guy, he is not your man. Like he is not the guy you want to play at all. But he came in fourth here last year. He went to college at the University of Texas, which is not too far away. So maybe, you know, Texas guy, good course history. Maybe he's really familiar with Memorial Park. I do not know. But it's definitely worth a look, especially at that price tag and especially knowing that he has played better golf in the past than he is showing right now with his recent finishes. Last guy I am going to talk about is Austin Cook. So Austin Cook has two straight top 44 finishes, which is you know, not too shabby. If he does that at this price tag, you're going to be all right. And at this tournament, he has two good finishes. He has a 24th and a 17th. So if you're looking to play a bargain player to just make the cut finish in the 40s or the 30s, I think he is your guy this week. If you're looking for somebody who has winning upside, I don't think he's your guy. But if you just want a made cut, you just want an ability to cash in a cash game or to make a little bit of a payday in a GPP tournament, I think the Austin Cook is definitely a guy that you can go to. All right, so let's finish it up by talking about our one-and-done selection and our outright winner pick, and then that covers our coverage of the Houston Open. So in terms of an outright winner this week, it's very hard to ignore Scotty Scheffler. In most places, he's listed around 5.5 to 1, maybe 6 to 1 on some sites, and that is just a staggering number for a golf tournament of 150-plus players. And the last time I remember somebody having odds that low was when John Rahm was three and a half to one plus 350 at the Mexico Open, and he won it. So um, definitely hard to ignore Scotty. However, I, if you're somebody who's actually betting it, I don't think there's a whole lot of value in that. I would rather go further down the board with maybe a Jason Day, who I mentioned, great track record at difficult golf courses, playing some good golf right now, or Denny McCarthy even, you know, great fit for the course good recent or good recent form and good course history um or i'd go way down the board with a guy like seb straka um those would kind of be the guys i would look at i think that scotty scheffler will probably be the winner of this golf tournament he is on a mission right now he wants to take back the world golf ranking number one from rory mcelroy and it would not shock me if scotty won this week and he is my official pick to win this week 
Now, in terms of one and done, it is kind of tough to argue for playing Scotty here because there's going to be a lot of other tournaments where you're going to want to use Scotty. A guy that I like a lot, Aaron Wise, I just used last week at Mayakoba. He didn't do bad for us, but obviously I can't go back to him. Um, so one and done this week for me is tough. I, honestly, I think I'm going to go with Jason Day. You never know where Jason Day's health is. So I think while you have Jason Day on a little bit of a heater, I think it is a good time to stay on that heater and to stay with Jason Day. So Jason Day will be my one and done pick for this week. All right. So that covers it for the Houston Open. If you are interested in playing my full DFS lineups for DraftKings or FanDuel, please head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Make sure you're also following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for stats pertaining to golf, college football, NFL, and college basketball all week long. And make sure you pay attention to the podcast feed. going to have episodes coming your way daily for the rest of the week. All right, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you rate and subscribe if you enjoy what you hear, and I will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.